Hi, I'm Alan Hill, the nostalgic vagabond. I lived out of a backpack for many years during my 20s and some 30s. I'm less of a nomad these days. In this podcast series, I'm catching up with old friends, wonderful people I've met on the Traveller's Trek. And what better time is there to catch up, reminisce, and see how everyone is getting on in 2020? I hope you enjoy hearing about our journeys as much as we've enjoyed sharing. The travel experience can come in many forms, from adventures to exotic places like India or Russia, to jaunts closer to home, a road trip to a neighbouring state, or a hike in the wilderness, for example. My guest on this podcast episode is Jason Alternik. We lived together in Toronto for a few months while I was there for the absolutely horrible 2013-2014 winter season. Man, that one sucked. Jason has experienced many types of travel, but he's found that all types of travel no matter how big and crazy, or how reserved and closer to home, they can all restore a balance to his life. Travel mixes up the routine of life and helps push a new or refreshed perspective into your mind. The act of getting away for a while helps Jason regain his creative brain, with benefits to his work life and maximising his life in general. He's got some good tips for working from home as well. Have a listen. So Jason, I was just wondering... What does travel mean to you? I guess it's a bit of a cliche, but just like exploring or just like experiencing new things. Like I've kind of found that when I do go on trips, it's normally because I'm kind of like in a bit too much of a routine or a bit of a rut or something in my in my life and the habits that I've kind of fallen into. Like from my first few trips, I just kind of found that they were like a really good way of kind of shaking things up a little bit. And getting out of those kind of like yeah just a rut I guess just like if you're doing the same thing over and over and you kind of you you know what that day is going to be like Mm -hmm. I I just kind of found that like going on a trip and just like being in such a different environment is just such a like easy fix to kind of get your brain stimulated again or get you kind of excited again about things and get you thinking about things differently yeah I think kind of like that tied in with just the basic like sense of adventure that you get because you don't know what's going to happen mm. i find that really exciting like when particularly not even in quarantine like you kind of know day to day what what's going to happen you have a pretty fixed routine you know what's going to happen and like it's comforting in a way but at the same time there's just something about there's definitely just that sense of adventure that i think is like i don't know i find it really interesting i've, I've read some other people talking about this and kind of travel writers or not travel writers but like fiction that would be like people talking about traveling mm. um and that the same kind of they talk about the same thing just that kind of like sense of not knowing what's going to happen i think that kind of maybe brings you more into the present moment yeah there's something powerful about that to sort of make you feel alive again jason yeah it? definitely like I, I i don't know i always think about it as well in terms of that in terms of like how we might have lived prior to modern times prior to all this stuff that we're surrounded with nowadays how like every day we would have been there would have been a certain sense of like adventure or exploration or something new happening you know that's definitely what appeals to me about it definitely it's a really easy fix for me to just if i'm ever like trying to do work i'm always like trying to think about ways to keep productive and like focused and like creative and mm. found like just traveling is crazy fix for that like as soon as i step on a plane yeah i don't know what it is anytime i step on a plane my brain just comes up with like everything just kind of falls into place and I come up with all these different ideas, things I was doing wrong, things I, I could I could work on. 
and it's just crazy like I get so much work done I feel so positive and happy and um yeah something like I've been trying to think about like how to incorporate that into my kind of work habits like ways to like work and travel or like travel so that you're you don't get into a rut where you're not focused or you're not thinking clearly or you're not coming up with good ideas basically what i'm getting from you jason is that it seems like you use traveling in a way to restore a work-life balance reset your creative brain so that you can come back refreshed and ready to plow forward with your business definitely work-life balance and even just a life balance which i think then feeds into the work element i definitely find more and more that i don't really get great work done unless I am in a good kind of space definitely trying to just make sure that you're in as good of a place as you can be to get the best work done is something I've been trying to like focus on and and yeah travels like it's always been and like one thing I would have noticed as well is it doesn't I don't even need much it can just be like a weekend camping or something now some people like I've met when I've been traveling they've been doing long trips like two years three year kind of trips which I've never really done myself I always find that like even like a month or two months is is like a good amount and that's significant enough for a lot of stuff to happen and come back with a completely different frame of mind and be like energized. Speaking of a couple of months traveling, when we met, I was in Toronto. It was 2014, mm-hmm. I think, early 2014. You were away traveling in India. I was trying to find a new place to live and you were organizing for me to live in the flat with you, but you're doing it all remotely from India. I moved in when you were still away and I was just wondering what you could tell me about that trip in India. Where were you in your life at that time? How was India? Did it live up to your expectations? And what were you like when you returned? Yeah, I loved India. Like it's, I was like probably my favorite trip. I can't really remember why I went. I think it was just literally, it was like winter in Toronto and it was really cold. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really remember exactly what. It was like a shit winter. Was one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're all pretty shit. <laughs> India is like, it's almost one of those ones where I don't know if I'd be, I kind of would put off going back just because it's so intense or something. And um, it's not easy. I do remember the first few days I was there. It was just like a lot to take in. There's just so much stuff going on. And it was just like mayhem. It was so crazy. I was kind of like, I was kind of even regretting going there the first couple of days. I do remember being like in a little guest house. One thing I was kind of wasn't expecting was like where I was, there was like no alcohol or no kind of like partying or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I was kind of like initially maybe a little bit disappointed at that. But um, <laughs> so I think then just something happened. And I've kind of heard a few people talk about this when they go to India that like something kind of happens after a couple of days and you kind of get into the spirit of things and you kind of just start rolling with it. Actually, I, I met like a few. I met this like Swedish couple, and they kind of like I was like kind of tagging along with them. I had a good good night out with them actually, and had had a, a bit of a laugh with them. The next morning, I was checking out of my guest house, and I hadn't really been talking to the owner. I think I've been kind of stuck in like I don't know that kind of rut that you get in in your normal day life, where you're maybe not socializing as much as you would when you're traveling. So I kind of the owner of the guest house said like he seemed like a really nice guy, but I hadn't really actually sat down and chatted to him yet. And then as I was, I was checking out, I had a chat with them. He turned out to be just like the nicest, most like incredible person. And it was like, he could just like look into my soul. And he was just like, he was so reassuring and he was just so nice. And uh, this was in like um, the north of India, Macau, Jang, where the Dalai Lama lives. And a lot of like the Tibetans are um, like in exile up there. And so he was a Tibetan guy who was running this guest house. He just started giving me all this advice relating to like Buddhism and stuff. He was just, I think, I think what like touched me, he was, he was just so genuine. Mm. 
and he was just so easy to talk to there was nothing insincere about like his gestures or what he was saying he was just like he could he could say anything and he gave my he gave me these seeds when i was leaving just like a little like bunch of seeds wrapped up in a little piece of paper and i still have them it was just like very reassuring it was like he could see that like i was traveling for a reason and yeah you know he was like interested in it and i don't know he was just he felt very just supportive and just really cool nice guy and there was just like the best trip ever every day it was just like we're talking about the adventure the exploration thing we were just people were just constantly like coming up to us and just chatting to us and like remember guys that were constantly coming up and like buying buying us like bottles of coke and stuff they're not wealthy these guys but they were like coming up and like buying cokes and like sharing them with us and talking to us and again they were just so genuine so nice so easy to talk to buzzing around meeting like just chatting to a lot of the local people and it was a really good trip i remember even one day i think i was kind of tired and i was hanging around with um these guys they took me on like a motorbike up to see their uncle who lived in this town north of where we were they so they we got on the motorbike and there's the three of us on this motorbike and they, they were like drinking whiskey and i was like oh shit like i was like initially i was like fucking on this motorbike like <laughs> on these roads and then they started drinking whiskey and i was like i kind of got a bit quiet and i was like oh shit like, what do i do i was like are you sure it's okay to be drinking whiskey and then, and then they were just like motorbikes are good whiskey is good so the two of them together are great <laughs> like <laughs> so i was just kind of like oh, okay like i, I got kind of just got to go along with this and so i was just like started drinking the whiskey with them on the back of the motorbike we drove up and we visited their like uncle um who like ran this shoe shop and he like he gave me a pair of shoes and stuff and up just having a lot of fun but i remember even just like on the way up there i was kind of quiet because initially i was kind of quiet and they're like you're quiet we don't like that why are you quiet <laughs> they're just so front of it. and then i had to be like okay fine and we started drinking and then we got a bit tipsy and i remember just there was some song that they kept they kept playing there there was this like really popular indian song at the moment and it would actually it actually become kind of popular over in the west so everyone knew it and we were just like blasting up the motorway just like blaring the song and just singing and especially just got into it and they were they were happy and i was happy and it was really good fun like for a while there I was I was quiet or I was like not into it or I was worried and they could just be so upfront and just say it yeah. in such a nice way. So that was like something I definitely took from that trip. Try and be more open with your friends and your family and be more, I don't know, appreciative or be a bit more genuine or open with them or something like take that away from the trip. Yeah. So you learned from your experiences with another culture and how they were reacting with you and there were qualities that you admired within them that you wanted to replicate in your own life definitely and like i think maybe that ties in as well to some of the appeal of traveling you see things that we might have lost in i don't know like our western cultures or where we where we're from australia or ireland or where we were in canada i think like how you develop how you develop countries you definitely start losing a few important things that you kind of do tend to discover again when you travel to other places in the world that's like a big part of why i like traveling as well kind of realize how important and how nice that is and how like comforting it's like when you start experiencing that again and you see how how, how much of it has disappeared in like some other countries yeah it's a really interesting point do you think the first couple of days you spent in india you were experiencing a culture shock or do you think it was just something completely internal and specific to where you were in your life at that moment i think it's literally just going from somewhere like toronto like you know yourself was it's such a comfortable, safe, organized place. Yeah. Everything runs very smoothly and you kind of, you know, you know what to expect in a way. And then just India, for me, it was just so, there was just so much going on. There's so many people. I think it was literally just like this, 
the sensations or something like just sensory overload yeah yeah exactly so just like a lot to take in even just the heat and everything it was just like very different like my mum was kind of has been talking about going to India for a while she's really like fascinated to go I think the one thing about it is and again that couple that I met like the the girl wasn't really having a great time on the trip and she kept kind of complaining to her boyfriend that she wanted she, she would have preferred to have gone to Thailand or sat on the beach or, some, or something somewhere. And I think the problem was that they were just trying to like control the situation a little bit too much. We'd go to a, a restaurant or whatever and there were like one time there was literally like a whole bed of cockroaches behind the counter like covering the entire floor. <laughs> and like I didn't see it myself but she saw it and she came over to the table and she was just freaking out. She was like we have to go, we have to go. Like, like and so it kind of became a thing where everywhere we went she was like asking them to wipe down the tables and trying to, trying to, kind of trying to control the situation. So I guess it's totally understandable but kind of led to her not really having a good time at all. And her boyfriend was had kind of just come out of the, the army and was like a really adventurous kind of guy. He's a big beefy dude and he was just like loving it. And he, I mean, he just like might have been better going on his own. But um, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, I think he just had to kind of let it go and just let all that input come in and not try and control it and not try and like have it your own way. And then you can start really enjoying it and really experiencing those like amazing things that it has to offer. But if you go there and you're really worried about it being clean or really worried about like getting sick or something, you're just not really, you're not, it's just too much stuff going on there. You're not going to be able to control it. You're not going to be able to have it your way. And I think that might lead to a bad trip. So I think it's just kind of maybe adjusting to that, going with it and just taking good parts from it like all the like amazing people and the humanity and all the really cool adventures you have every day and like do you remember what your route was through the country or what cities you visited yeah i might i might sound a little bit like ignorant here because i i, I kind of i'm not a big like planner or whatever when i go traveling i kind of just would go somewhere like i, I wouldn't spend too, too long planning so like sometimes i do tend to forget the places or the names exactly but um i flew into delhi kind of left delhi pretty quickly and went up north to Makai Jang, I think is the, the way you pronounce it. It's kind of up in the northwest of the country near the border with Pakistan. It's where the, the, the Dalai Lama does kind of like exile Buddhists have like taken up. They've set up a base there because they, they kind of crossed these mountains like from China into this area in northern India. So yeah, I went up there for the first, I was, I was, I was actually a pretty speedy trip. I was up there for a few nights and then we went to like Amritsar, which is the border. I think it's a pretty popular destination. It's like the border between India and Pakistan. And they have, that's where they have this like border ceremony of the, the guards and they're like screaming at each other and stuff. Um, <laughs> I remember that was actually, I think it was at that point, that was a few days in. That was when I really started getting into the flow of things. I was really enjoying myself, meeting loads of cool people and stuff. Then I went to uh, Rajasthan. So I was there for like probably a week. That's where we met those guys and we went up to see the uh, their uncle and everything. And I mean, like, even just thinking, I'm thinking back on, like, one evening that I was kind of just, like, sitting on the, on the side of the street, I think maybe after using the internet somewhere, and just kind of watching all these people go by. There was a lot of, like, pilgrims there. I remember a guy just walking down the street with, like, a full sword hanging from his waist. And I was just, like, it wasn't, like, a novelty thing. It wasn't, like, a fashion thing. It was, like, he literally just had his sword. It was a practical, he had, it was a practical reason he had that sword. And I was, like, that's so cool. Like, it was so interesting. Like, yeah. There's so much character. Everyone has so much character, you know? maybe things in the west and like america here and can become a bit homogenized or something yeah so it's in rajasthan for a week and then i kind of ended the trip in mumbai really wanted to see mumbai because i heard really good things about that i was just getting trains around i got a train to mumbai and spent like a few days there flew back to delhi and back home from there yeah that was kind of my route it's kind of like a circle around the north west of the country sounds like an amazing trip mate 
That was really good, man. Yeah. Have you been back, or was that the only trip you've done to India so far? No, I haven't been back. I think I'd like to go back. Maybe like the northwest sounds really nice near the Himalayas. I don't know. It kind of looks amazing. I'd love to like go do. I'd love to go to like an ashram or something there and stay there and maybe do some like yoga or meditation stuff. I think that would, yeah, I've kind of definitely been thinking about that for a while. Yeah. I think that could be a really cool thing to do. Take a bit of time to do something like that and stay stay somewhere for like two or three weeks. And reset again. Yeah, like with the traveling, as you get a bit older, I'm definitely less like, I used to love like going to hostels and that whole kind of scene or whatever. That was like one of my favorite things in the world, just the way you can meet people so easily in, in hostels. Like a good hostel, I had like so many good memories of. But kind of as you get a bit older, kind of like less into the hostel kind of vibe and looking at different ways of, of traveling retreats or like going to like yoga retreats and stuff like that would be kind of something i definitely look into in the future and um actually we just bought a car here because of the, the kind of quarantine situation we're like oh like america is so big it'd be great to um to like explore america but we're kind of a bit trapped in new york like we're just so reliant on the subway and everything so after like a few months of quarantine we're like okay we should buy a car and like hit it out with like a mattress and the, the, like a little suv kind of camper conversion thing so that's what i've been working on for the last couple of weeks okay it's been amazing so that's like another different way of traveling now that I kind of plan on um, going forward with for the next couple of months is just kind of getting out to nature a bit more and just a bit more just independent kind of traveling and exploring America because like there is some like amazing nature here massive parks and places you can go and it's like it's kind of crazy coming from Ireland and like being a small island and then coming to America there's just so, like you can drive to so many different places to see so many different landscapes and climates and all that stuff is kind of accessible like even just around New York now there's so many like Maine and like Vermont and we were over in like Cape Cod a few weeks ago mm. which is like beautiful really nice seaside area like really beautiful um and it's all like fairly close to New York yeah. so that's like another kind of area traveling I've kind of been looking at now it's just more just independent maybe touring like i'd love to maybe do like a motorbike tour something like that you know as opposed to the traditional kind of backpacking around and staying in hostels because i just kind of find those getting a bit getting a bit weird being like the oldest guy in the room <laughs> in a hostel. i, I want to be that dude like <laughs> So I do think also because of the COVID-19 situation and going abroad has become much more difficult that it's providing a good opportunity to explore your local surrounds. And like you said, the, the other places that are quite close by, relatively speaking, by car mm -hmm. and the different towns you can visit and also the different types of nature you can see on the way. Yeah, yeah. I think our plan is just definitely for the next year is just to explore nature, I think. And because I just have found that like even just we're just kind of getting things set up and I've even just found like the one or two little trips we've done have been like just really helpful as restorative as like like we talked about those previous like trips abroad would have been. It's nice to go somewhere that's just not you don't really like my sister was actually talking about this as well. She she lives in the UK and she has this like beach town that they, they go surfing in and like every year like they love going down there. Um, Stompton is what is the name of the place and she's kind of like reluctant to go there now because she doesn't want to see it under lockdown or with all the, the restrictions in place she kind of wants to like keep the memory of it as like this like carefree happy place mm. so I kind of I kind of get that a little bit like I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to like travel to some of my favorite places now and see the stuff that's happening there and yeah, I think I that would be a little disheartening like so going into nature especially just because America is so big it's very easy to find completely remote nature spots. You do feel like, you know, the whole COVID situation is 
it's not on your mind when you're there. You know, there's enough space. There's, there's so few people around. You're pretty self-contained. It's safe. I think that's like a nice way to to get that little kind of travel fix or get that sense of adventure. In a sense, it's the safest place you can be in COVID times out in the middle of nowhere. And it's pretty amazing. Like I've only we've only really been dipping our toes in. Like I, I kind of had been doing it for the last two years before we got the car. Just I got like a backpack and was going up along this Appalachian Trail. Oh yeah. Yeah. Through like the east coast of America and like I think it takes people like three or four months to walk the whole thing. But you can just get you can get a train from New York and hop off and just like join the trail and just hike it for two or three days and then come back on the train. And like I did that a couple of times when I was kind of a bit stuck in New York. It was just amazing. I got the same transformative or the same like amazing effect from that as I did from um, any kind of good trips I did. I'm wrapping up a bit of work now and then hoping to do a few days up in like the Adirondacks, which are like four hours north of New York. And it's just this massive um, state park. There's a wilderness area where there's like no trail or there's just like only walking trails going in so you have to hike in there and you can camp there and we bought like a kayak off amazon for like 100 bucks it's like inflatable kayak it's been really cool and um there's a lot to that that we're just kind of starting to explore and put in i think probably it has that same sense of adventure like you don't any any of the trips i've been on particularly when we went hiking crazy things would happen just out of nowhere like don't say bears please don't say bears so bear at one point which i was actually really really excited about what kind of bear was it <laughs> i was a black bear okay um i was in like pennsylvania and i was walking home on the last day and i actually bought bear spray i hadn't bought bear spray in the previous trips and i've been kind of meaning to buy it mm. yeah people have been telling me you should buy it and so i had it and then just up ahead on the trail i just saw this black bear and i was just like um shit <laughs> yeah I, was, I, I was, couldn't believe it initially and then i was just kind of like i almost didn't care at some point i was just like that's such a beautiful creature i don't care if like if this is my time to go i don't, I don't care if i'm like, you've seen it going by like by fighting out a black bear like that's a cool fucking crazy way to go <laughs> <laughs> like, i was like this is this is real like this is crazy there's a fucking bear up there so i just kind of shouted at it and it just kind of looked at me it kept looking at me and just this kind of like lazy amused kind of way and then just eventually kind of walked off the trail and then walked up this little hill and kind of kept looking back at me just like I couldn't care less and I was just like you know my, my heart was just kind of racing and I just kind of ran ahead at the end of the trail and then I got like an uber back to the train station and I was talking to the guy really cool uber driver he was just saying he's like yeah there's bears everywhere they don't do anything to you yeah. it's not it's not like he's like it's amazing when you see them but like you're never in danger or anything they're just like they're all over the place here and they don't really mess with anybody do you remember what you screamed at it um any expletives? Go away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Could have been like, uh, Go away, bear. I know. I know. I know. It was pretty loud. Like, <laughs> now I, you know, I clutching onto the bear spray as I was walking away afterwards. I was like holding that bear spray tight. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. Like, again, like, I was, I was very much just an Irish person in America. You see a bear, you're like, oh my God, this, like, you don't really know, like, how common they are. Mm. The area was called Bear Mountain. So I kind of <laughs> give you a bit of a note. <laughs> idea like what's going on up there but um yeah every any of those little trips there's always like adventures and like always something always something would happen that was i wouldn't say like maybe scary enough that like oh shit this could be bad it never got really bad one time like my phone got really wet so it just died and like it was the only way of me kind of like whatever navigating around the place or calling a, an uber to get back to the train station every, every trip there's just something like that would happen that was just like a bit of excitement that when you got back you had a bit of a story to tell bit of adrenaline for the trip yeah bit of uh attest to the resourcefulness of the person yeah and it's always surprising like you kind of think like 
okay, the last one was something happened and like maybe this one will be boring, but something happens every time. Like, and it's, it's really fun. Like I really, I'm always wondering like what it's going to be this time. Mm. And I guess it's the same when you're like going on a normal trip abroad somewhere. You're like, you kind of know that something's going to happen. If you go somewhere for two weeks, you're not going to have the most mundane time. Something's going to happen. Like something that you can't really expect is going to happen and it's going to be interesting, whatever it is. Yeah. So I think that's a nice thing to kind of have going on. So You've found that a weekend or a few days in the wilderness alone or, or with somebody is working quite well at the moment for your reset to get your work-life balance back in check. A little mini adventure, especially in these times. Yeah, like there's definitely times where I'm kind of like pining that like would definitely would like to go back to Ireland at the moment because it's kind of been since like Christmas, I think, that I was back there. Mm. Probably under normal circumstances would have been back there by now. Um, so definitely missing that a bit but like no the nature is it's, it is a really good substitute and like i said it kind of it doesn't have any of the drawbacks of like traveling at the moment if you're going somewhere if you're kind of self-contained and you're going somewhere really quiet like new york is so big new york state is so big that there's so many places you, you can go it's a new thing as well it's like learning to fish um just like picking up some of the gear like just kind of having fun with that so bought a little like locator device so if you get lost in the woods yeah it sends like a satellite message to people i can send like a, a text message to somebody or I can ch- check in with people and stuff so just like getting all that gear just got a fishing rod last week and playing around with that it's really fun and it's definitely helping and it's definitely something to look forward to as well when i kind of stuck in the apartment just knowing that like oh big trips coming up like a couple of days and it's all new and it's definitely really helping are you trying to get away once a month or even a bit more frequently Trying to go away as much as possible. Something I noticed with the quarantine, like my work definitely slowed down, yeah. which was was kind of okay because I was doing some like training and like rebranding of like how I'm operating and everything. Had a bit of time to step back, do some things that I've been wanting to do, and then coming back into it, and then like work started picking up again a couple of weeks ago. And I see there was a bit of a sense of dread about the whole thing, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to like being stressed out and working all the time. And I kind of wanted to take like some of the things that we maybe like experience from quarantine with the last kind of project I did I was just trying to really like keep a balance and not get stressed out and just enjoy trying to enjoy the work and take loads of breaks and was using this like Pomodoro technique which you might have heard of no what's that so it's a really cool technique so you set a timer for like 25 minutes and then you just focus on one thing for that entire 25 minutes and you don't distract yourself you don't do anything else and after the 25 minutes you take like a five minute break and you don't do a single bit of work. You literally make sure it's a complete break, step away from your computer or whatever. And essentially that's one Pomodoro. One tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I have a little tomato timer on the on the laptop and you kind of count down like each one you do. And like after four, they say maybe take a 20 minute break. Um, realistically, if you're getting 10 of those done a day, you're getting a pretty good day's work done. Mm-hmm. So that kind of equates to only like five hours of like focused work. A lot of productive work. Yeah, like really productive work. So I've been doing that, taking like a long lunch and like exercising or going skateboarding or something. It's really helped. And like the last project I did, I think it went really well. It was like, I was way less stressed out about it. And the results were like just as good as when I might have been like working late and, or just working nonstop because I was worried about the thing, not getting it done or something. So yeah, I'm trying to like keep that going, just keep like a nice balance so that you're actually enjoying the work and you're not dreading it or you're not like just, I used to just kind of want to get it over with. So I just do it all in one big chunk, get it done. And then maybe I'll have a few days free at the end of the project to kind of 
I don't know, just recover. But now it's just kind of I mean, trying to just bring more of a balance into things. And I think I'm going to have to try that, Jason. It sounds like a good, productive, and efficient way of doing writing as well. 25 minutes solid work, five minute break, yeah. one tomato. It's really good, man. Yeah. Two tomato, three tomato. Yeah. All the way till you get to 10 exactly. tomatoes. I like tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good, man. And it's, just, and it's also kind of like combats that feeling that you know if you're sitting in front of the computer and you're not in a good headspace yeah. and you're just like oh well at least i'm here working pretending to work or something you're just sitting there and you, you know an hour or two goes by and you haven't really produced that much yeah but you know you feel that you put in the time or whatever you're just such a waste of time like so yeah, totally i don't really like being on a computer too much to begin with it's nice to know that okay anytime i'm on the computer is focus work and then you can then just get off the computer and do other like more nourishing things that will kind of tie back in and get your better work done maintain that balance yeah i think it's really good and then yeah because like i like the work i do but sometimes I, I dread it just because it ends up being like so many hours and really focused technical work like using different pieces of software and trying to be creative and technical at the same time and like it's really tiring yeah but at the same time i just should, should be enjoying it and sometimes you find yourself not really enjoying it i think that so far it's been a really nice way of like balancing things out and even just knowing it's only 25 minutes makes it much easier to get into that kind of flow and get things going because you're like oh it's only 25 minutes and in 25 minutes i'll be i'll have a complete break it's nice to have that extra bit of time to like do other things in the day and to look forward to going for a jog or something in the afternoon mm. it's nice to have things to look forward to instead of just just be working knowing that the whole day you're going to be stuck on that screen like you're originally from ireland mm -hmm. and uh, we met while you were working and living in canada and now you're doing the same thing but in new york city in the states i was wondering when you were growing up in Ireland, was not being in Ireland and living and working abroad something you'd always thought about or did it kind of happen more organically as you moved into adulthood? I think it happened pretty organically. I don't think I ever really wanted to be this far away from home. Yeah, I don't think it's something I thought about that much when I was much younger, but when the opportunity kind of started coming about, like when I when I was like coming towards the end of college for university, I was like definitely really keen to go live somewhere else. Like really looking forward to that. And I'm glad I did. It was like really good experience going to Canada on that. Like that was just initially a one year um, working holiday visa. And then that kind of got extended. Yeah, it wasn't really on the on the cards at all. I kind of thought like maybe even London or somewhere would be a better opportunity because it's so close to Ireland. Yeah. But it's still like a big city. And North America wasn't really like a huge, I didn't really like connect with the culture that much when I was that age. I was kind of, I don't know, it was a weird time. It was also the time when like, it was after September 11th in Iraq and everything and America was getting a kind of pretty bad name around the world. Mm -hmm. I like I'd visited London obviously and it was very different to Dublin, but like at the same time it felt somewhat similar. Yeah generally it felt like you're in the same region you know so Canada just felt like a huge leap and didn't really know what to expect and it was very different so I'm really glad I went but yeah I was never really on the cards after I was there initially and I was my first visa kind of ran out and I had to come back I was kind of lucky that they ended up changing the rules and they, they started granting people like a second year visa and so I was able to go back to Toronto and I was like really happy to, to be able to go back there I kind of got a um, opportunity to like work in New York or in America. And that was always something I was just like dying to do. I just think it's the most incredible place in the world. And I just had to kind of take that opportunity and, and do it. And I'm pretty glad I did. 
Canada was probably a pretty good introduction to North America and just the, the different kind of culture and kind of a nice way to ease into it. To be honest, the, the reason I went to Toronto in the first place was because it was close to New York and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you can get a bus down there. I'll go down there like every weekend and, you know, and so yeah, just being able to live in New York now, just like, I don't know, I think it's just such an interesting place. It kind of has a bit of that traveling sense to it because it is like so multicultural. It's such a like meeting point of every single culture and person before quarantine like just a day out in new york like you just see so many different types of people on the subway i know it's, it's like the same in canada and toronto like it's so multicultural but there's something about new york it's just like humanity just like laid bare mm-hmm. and everyone's just doing their own thing and there's just so much crazy stuff going on yeah every single day and you're just witness to the whole thing it's almost a little bit like traveling and that you know there's just so many different cultures to like interact with and it's quite raw i've noticed in new york city like you said it's in your face and it is like you've been thrown into another world yeah it's like being in a film <laughs> like every day is just, just the craziest thing and you're just like how did that happen it's so interesting i don't know there's a really cool vibe here like people say you could arrive in new york and just feel completely at home by that afternoon like as long as you like hustle a bit or you're willing to like put a bit of work in you're willing to kind of be your real self then new york will like kind of accept you they're not going to try and change you. They're not going to force anything on you. As long as you like, there's a certain set of values that is appreciated here. If you have those and most people do, and you kind of have to love the place, which most people do, like they wouldn't really put up with it otherwise. It's like, it's such a difficult place to live. Mm. But as long as you're willing to kind of like- Embrace it. Embrace it, yeah. Be yourself. Like a lot of people here just have their own little skill or trait that they're offering people you see on the subway or something like buskers or anybody like that they're just standard it's just shocking like they should have like their own like musicals or something and they're just like yeah. busting on the subway so much culture just going on and it's kind of like happening in the city stuff it's a really good place for that if you're into that kind of thing yeah like i've, I've, I've only once have i heard someone say to somebody else that like they're not a real new yorker i was just this, this guy was being a complete fucking asshole and he was just like harassing people on the street and he was like in like Brooklyn somewhere and he's giving out to this group of girls who's saying you're not from New York drunk and just like complete like you tell her something like mentally off about him I learned that I haven't seen a single person be like you're not welcome here or like I was here before you there's never like a sense of like I was here before you or this is my place like it's as long as you as long as you embrace those like kind of simple values that New York has like you're a New Yorker they're sharing their city yeah that's really nice. I, n- I never heard somebody say that, Jason, but it's nice to know that from somebody who's living there, you get a nice insight onto what it really is like there. There's a lot of a lot of craziness out there, but it's there is something really nice about it. There there is a lot of humanity and people they're genuine. They will kind of they might be like they're not gonna be super polite to you, but like they will kind of have your back if things went badly. Kind of get that sense that like mm-hmm. if something bad has happened, people would go out of their way to help you. But they might push you out of the way just to get onto the subway or something. You know, there's like, there's like a weird balance there. There's something really nice about it. It's a yin and a yang. Yeah. You know, like you're, they're not, they're going to like be rude to you up front, but like deep down, they're not cold people. Like they're, there's a, a nice humanity to it. Yeah. Everyone does seem to be kind of happy and proud to be there. There is a certain sense of pride like that people have in the place. It's nice. It's really nice. Like your stepping stone of Toronto before you went to New York City sounds a bit like. Toronto's like a mini New York City. Um, I definitely think there's like comparisons. But in a way, they're the same. In a way, they're so different. You know, but yeah. I don't know. It's 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 like it's interesting to have Canada to look at when you're looking at the US because theoretically they should be pretty similar. But there's just some areas where they're so different. 
within Canada, I would say, yeah, that makes sense that Toronto would be the New York of Canada. Is it, I'm, I'm guessing maybe it's the most multicultural. It's, it's the most like vibrant or there's so much activity going on there, like culturally and economically and everything. So I definitely would see, yeah, there's similarities there, but there's definitely a pretty different vibe as well. You might have experienced yourself just the rawness or something in New York. There's just so much mayhem. And it's another level. It's all another level. It feels different. Like. What's the Guinness like there, Jason, in New York? It is pretty good. As, as you might have remember, I'm not the biggest beer connoisseur. Um, I do remember you giving out to me about drinking cheap beers. <laughs> not, really, <laughs> not really caring what I drank. So I'm actually one of those few Irish people who doesn't really care. I just, I'll drink whatever is put in front of me. And I'm not too biggish about it. There, there are some good Irish bars here, though. Um, like in Manhattan, there's loads of Irish bars yeah. kind of around Midtown. They're actually all Irish people working in them. It's actually really nice to have it. Yeah, there's a good vibe in them. Um, I'm living in Queens, pretty Irish area. So it's kind of in the border of like the Greek and Irish area, Woodside and Astoria. There's a few Irish pubs around here and there's a lot of Irish people living around here and stuff. So it's nice to have. There's about four or five different Irish pubs in our neighborhood. They kind of range. One of them is like for old men. One of them is for like tourists or like American people who think they're Irish and they're not really. Um, it's like a... <laughs> I love that. And there's one that's actually young Irish lads who are kind of running the bar and it's where all the young Irish lads hang out and stuff. For anybody who might be visiting post-COVID, Jason, would you recommend as an Irish person the best Irish bar to go to in the New York City area? In New York City? There's a few options. So the one in our neighborhood, it's called the Wolfhound. It's good. It's like, it's an authentic Irish bar. If you actually want to meet some like, young Irish people who are living in America and the guys who run it, like, are cool. They do all different, like, traditional music sessions and stuff like that. Um, they play, like, there will be matches. Um, so that's in the Wolfhound in Astoria. Just, like, check that out. I know there's, like, a really famous one in Manhattan that's been, it's, like, one of the oldest bars that's been there for, like, 100 years or something, and they haven't changed the stools, and they, they serve, like, two types of beer, just a dark beer and a light beer or something. Um, I think so. It's called, like, McSorley's Ale House. So I'd definitely check that out if you're just, like, in, in, in the city. It's Maybe it's a little bit more touristy, but it's actually good fun. I've met, like, people, it's a good vibe in there. You meet cool people and stuff. And then around Midtown, there's just so many Irish bars with, like, rooftops, which can be really fun. So you sit out in the rooftop and see all the buildings and pretty good answer in those places are those ones more the sort of irish american style bars they are a little bit yeah but they do tend to hire irish people to work in them which is kind of nice mm -hmm. i appreciate that at least so it does feel a bit it's not yeah they're, they're actually big operations because they're they're big places in the middle of manhattan like so they cost a lot to run i'm sure but they yeah they do hire a lot of irish people yeah they're fun they're good fast five five quick fire questions require five quick fire answers my guests must answer five random questions about traveling without thinking too much. Right. Are you ready for the fast five? Yes. Please proceed. <laughs> Question one, left or right? Uh, left. Question two, book or Kindle? Kindle. Solo or partnered? Uh, um, solo. Question four, tech or tech free? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say tech. And the final question, question five, beer or wine? Um, beer. Cheap beer. Yeah, cheap beer. Sorry, the your cheapest beer. Thing. <laughs> Fast five. 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 All right, Jason. I remember when we were living together for a couple of months in the annex in downtown Toronto. You were telling me once of your Moscow adventures. Mm -hmm. If you remember anything about that trip, 
what were your favorite things about going to Moscow and any memorable experiences you had there? Yeah, that was like, that was an interesting one. The first thing that would obviously kind of spring to mind was kind of, I was like grabbed by the police when I was there. That was, <laughs> that was like kind of like definitely something that I would remember as being a strange one. Yeah, Moscow, it was like, it was interesting. I started in St. Petersburg. It was, yeah, it was different. Like, it was really different. It was kind of hard to get there because I had to get a visa and everything and apply for that. I remember it was kind of like initially a bit hard to meet people because the hostel I was staying in was more was like boarding house kind of thing just for like local people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I went out and had a few drinks at a bar and ended up meeting some people. That was actually really fun. We went back to their apartment and they were like just drinking a lot of vodka and they were playing the guitar and stuff. And then I was walking home. I was like early in the morning. I was, I was crossing one of, like one of the bridges in the city and the police just kind of like stopped and I remember being like oh no like so I think you're supposed to have your passport on you at all times mm-hmm. and I didn't bring my passport out with me and so they came up and they were asking for my passport and stuff and um, then they were kind of searching my pockets and then they just left and I was like oh geez thank god like and I just kept walking home and when I got back to the hostel I checked my wallet and like my mom had given me 100 euro in the airport before I left just kind of surprised like a surprise little gift uh, so it was like 250s that were in my wallet and yeah they just like taking them Jesus like crazy like yeah it's kind of crazy i was just like oh okay that kind of sucks like what, what are you what are you supposed to do with that like yeah, it was an interesting trip like it was kind of a little bit hard to meet people people in the city were like a bit like walking around like felt a little bit cold that ended up like transferring into me a little bit i was walking around kind of like with a bit of a sulk on my face and kind of like a little bit cold as well just kind of i don't know getting into the vibe different I was I'm glad I went but it was, it was kind of one of those trips like I guess maybe didn't meet that many amazing people like didn't really it was the, the language thing was definitely hard yeah it did meet some cool people but overall it was kind of like the alphabet was different so it was really hard to navigate yeah. places even like street yeah. names and stuff because they're using a different alphabet it was like really hard to kind of get around and then the language thing was really hard um and like I didn't really do any planning or anything so I remember trying to book trains it was really difficult and I had to like just get lucky with somebody in the queue speaking English and kind of helping me out and stuff best trips would be like when you meet really cool people and you have you know you form like good connections with people and that I guess didn't really happen that much on that one so it was... do you think uh, your expectations were not quite met on that experience that was towards the end of university and stuff so I'd been on a few trips big trips and was like really into the whole thing and was really enjoying it and was kind of like pretty fearless like initially was planning on kind of getting the train all the way across Russia but I had to come back to Ireland just because like my granny passed away so um I had to kind of call that off but it was kind of something I probably just didn't give that much thought to and just saying, oh, Russia looks cool and that train looks really cool and it, it sounds like really remote and like another bit of an adventure and happy to go along with it and wasn't really thinking the police thing would be a problem. Didn't really, <laughs> didn't really like mind it too much. Definitely don't like regret anything about it, but it was, it was kind of like a short, it was only a, a week oh, as well just because yeah. of that. Uh, I, I guess it would have been interesting if it, it had like continued and taken that train. I don't know, like I only booked one train from like St. Petersburg to Moscow and that was pretty tricky enough. You had to book like all these other trains to get all the way across to China. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened on that one. It was more like the start of a trip and it didn't really take off. So yeah, definitely looking back, it would be interesting to see like if it had gone ahead, like how far it would have gotten and how that would have been. So like, perhaps in hindsight, 
it might have been beneficial for more planning and preparation, maybe for the language. The language thing, um, I know some people get their tickets like through an agency and they organize their tickets beforehand and maybe they charge some commission. But yeah, that, I think that would definitely have been something in hindsight I would have done is get the train, at least get the train tickets booked or, how, or know how to book them and not just kind of show up and be like, oh. <laughs> Just wandering in. I, I like, hopefully you can just get a train today. And, you know, <laughs> just wandering in. Like, is there something you might consider doing in the future, or do you feel like that time has passed? Yeah, it hasn't really popped into my mind. I wouldn't say no. Like, I wouldn't say no to many trips. It's a timing thing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, like it wouldn't be on the top of my list probably. And like I've kind of been learning Spanish. Any trips I do now, I'm trying to like been to Mexico like once or twice last year that was like really good trips because you can kind of like practice speaking to people and stuff and like interacting with people so that's like something I've started to really enjoy and I think not having that going somewhere where I don't speak any English and without the impression that maybe further into Russia you get it'd be harder to be able to communicate with people in English so I'm traveling on your own maybe doesn't add up to like the funnest or most appealing yeah circumstance i'd say maybe if you if you could speak russian or were able to interact with people a bit more might add another dimension to the trip and make it a bit more appealing yeah that's the general vibe i've heard from people who've done that kind of thing as well so it seems to be quite consistent across the board yeah it's nice to meet people and be able to like india is like surprisingly easy to communicate with everybody and they're really open to talking even if they didn't speak english and then like traveling in mexico and stuff it's like it's fun practice your spanish and be able to like talk to people and stuff so it's definitely something i place as a priority or something that would appeal to me all right jason i've got one last question or 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 thing i'd like to ask of you and and that is can you offer any advice any advice whatsoever to people who are listening for when they want to go on their individual adventures. Yeah. Tied into how we talked about Russia, like even if it's not the most amazing trip, like you don't really regret it too much. I guess there are bad things that can happen to people when they travel, but it's probably a lot rarer than, you know, you might think if you're not doing it and you're worried about mm-hmm. going on a trip. Overall, it's it's like a beneficial experience. Even if things go wrong, even like nowadays, if things go wrong, like it's so easy to just get yourself out of the situation, like call an Uber or, you know, use your phone and just figure something out. Like it's, it's, it's definitely become a lot easier. I definitely don't have any regrets. I would say maybe like, I'd say maybe if you're, if you are kind of traveling because you're trying to get away from something bad or trying to escape something in your life just acknowledge that a little bit and like don't think that just going on the trip and like st- like repeating the same kind of thoughts in your head or going to, to solve it for you or don't don't expect the trip to do anything for you just maybe like, like i've maybe made, made that mistake one or two trips and been like oh i'm not in a great place i'll go somewhere and then maybe you know you're just expecting something miraculous to be given to you or something yeah so i think maybe just acknowledging that like can be a really good experience in my perspective because it just makes me a better person or it makes me more open or makes me more willing to talk to people and try new things or just be less scared and be less stuck in a routine so it just gives me a little kickstart to do those things but it's more like the act of doing those things mm. that is the positive that makes you feel good it's not the place or you know you, you could it could happen anywhere yeah maybe it's a good thing to use as a as just a kickstart to kind of get you going and get you in a good place and you would definitely take something out of it and maybe it's good to like see what you can take out of your trip or what you have taken out of your trips and kind of bring that back into your day-to-day life so it does become less of a a routine or less of a rough yeah um see how it can like enrich your life extremely wise jason 
Nice work. <laughs> yes, I'm getting getting wiser each year about this. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for listening to the Nostalgic Vagabond. My guest has been Jason Oltenik. There are more episodes in this podcast series where you can hear more stories and tips from other travellers. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at The Nostalgic V. Thanks to Tom Forfer for creating the soundtrack to the series. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time.